0: Hey, this is Dr. Mike Barnett. It is an awesome privilege to fill the pulpit every Sunday at the First Baptist Church of Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Having you listen to our messages on this podcast is an incredible blessing as well, and I pray that you will be encouraged in the Lord as you listen. It is vital that you commit yourself and your family to the Lord through the ministry of a local church. While it is a great blessing to have you listen to our messages, No one will be able to minister the Word of God to you or your family like a local pastor. So please do not consider this podcast as a replacement for your presence in your local church on Sunday. Be faithful, get connected, and God bless. I invite you to open up your Bibles to 2 Peter. As we continue through this marvelous book, if you remember 1 Peter, that we finished some time ago, dealt with bearing testimony for Christ during trying times, and 2 Peter speaks to the trying times as well, that the recipients of this letter, the original recipients were enduring and about to endure and we're about to endure. And Peter writes to them in this second epistle about bearing truth, staying true to the doctrines of our faith, what we really believe, what God has taught us in His Word during trying times, through thick and thin. That's what Second Peter is about. And we now come to what I think is one of the most important parts of this first chapter, and that is the doctrine of assurance, of knowing that you are indeed saved. We often ask a question in our church if you were to die today, are you 100% certain you would go to heaven? And if so, that means you have assurance. But many people lack assurance, and if you lack assurance concerning your salvation, it will be virtually impossible. For you to stand for truth and remain faithful to the precepts of the Word of God when trying times come. Why stand for something when you're not sure about it? When you're, You can't stand for something when you're not on solid ground and firm footing. And so Peter gives us this wonderful portion of the first chapter of his second epistle to help us gain assurance, to know what, how to have assurance in all times, especially during trying times. It is very safe to say that in all probability, all Christians, even people that you see across the pews this morning who are strong in the Lord, but it's safe to say that all Christians, at one point in their life, their Christian life, at one time or another, perhaps for a long period of time even, struggled with assurance. Am I really saved? Is God in my life? Am I really born again? This may be the question you're asking now, and if it is, I'm glad you're here today, and I want to encourage you to come back next week and the following week, because we're going to take this text of Scripture in three different messages. And if that is your question, I encourage you to be here. You need to be here. And if that is not your question, maybe you're here today and you are satisfied with the assurance of salvation. Isn't it wonderful to know you're saved and know it beyond a doubt? That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, Maybe you're, when we sang blessed assurance, you really meant it, all right? I mean, you really meant it, and that's wonderful. And you need to be here too, because if you have such blessed assurance... You need to know how to help those who don't. Because I promise you, somebody helped you. And you need to pass it along. Pay it forward, if you will. And uh, we're going to look at the Word of God. So either way, I want to encourage you to be here. And uh, this, however, like I said, may be the question that haunts you and hounds you. And you're troubled with lack of assurance. Well... In this way of introduction, I want to give you two truths. Number one, you are not alone. You are not alone. It is the number one issue in almost 40 years of being a pastor that people ask me about the assurance of salvation. It's the number one issue. Is people want to know, how do you know? How do you overcome the doubts about your salvation? The second truth is, concerns the Word of God. All through the Bible is the solution to the problem of lacking assurance. All throughout the Bible, especially in the New Testament, and especially in the doctrinal books, the epistles of Paul, the epistles of Peter, the epistles of John, the general epistles, James, etc. All through the New Testament and the doctrinal books where we get the firm foundation for our doctrine, what we believe, what affects our mental, uh, our, our thought life, what affects the way we think and where we stand. We are instructed on how to possess assurance of God's salvation. Our text is a case in point. As a matter of fact, the whole epistle of 2 Peter carries with it a lesson for us on the assurance of salvation, to know that we're saved. And it begins uh, in verse 5. Let's read our text today. And beside this giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity or love. For if these things, be in you, and abound. They make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind, and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. In other words... Verse 9, you could say, he that lacks these things doesn't have assurance. Wherefore, the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I submit to you the outline of the text. In verse 5, the first part of verse 5, we see the source of assurance. And then in verses 5b, the second part of verse 5, all the way through verse 10, we see the supply of assurance. And then the third, verse 11, we see the sweetness of assurance. And so today, we only have time to deal with the first one. I'm assuring you of that. We can only deal with the first one today. In verse 5a, that first phrase, we find the source of our assurance. You got to get assurance from somewhere. And so, verse 5 tells us where assurance of your salvation comes from. Where do you find the affirmation, the settling knowledge that you are saved, saved, saved? Where you can sing blessed assurance, Jesus is mine with all honesty. Where do you find it? What's the source for that? Well, the Bible tells us. And you can have it. You can reach out for that source, and I want to help you do that today. But before we do, we need to talk about the sources of your lack of assurance. Why is it do people, Christian people, lack assurance? Why do you struggle with doubt? Well, there's, there's some reasons for that, and I want to highlight some of them. Now, I'm not here to tell you this is an exhaustive list, but through the years, I have discovered that this list uh, is pretty much where most people come from when they doubt their salvation, when they're struggling with assurance of salvation. Now, once again, let me tell you, if you're going to bear testimony for Jesus and bear truth for Jesus in trying times, when things get rough, if you're going to remain true, you must have assurance. And so what is your lack of assurance of salvation? Well, first of all, there's several issues. Let's talk about some of them. First of all, there's a date issue. Did you know a lot of people doubt whether or not they're really saved because they can't remember the date that they were saved. They can't remember the date when they came to Christ. Um, Well, you know, I remember, I know the date when I was saved. Notice I. I almost said I remember, but I know the date I was saved. You know why? Because years ago, I was looking through my mother's Bible. And in the front cover of the Bible, she had the date that I was saved. All right? I didn't know the date until I looked through my mother's Bible. And she wrote it down. And so, uh, don't let the date bother you. From my personal experience, I can say that, but... Here's the thing. Salvation is more than a dramatic event. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. Paul had a dramatic event, but his salvation was more than that. All right? It was more than that. So let me ask you a question. You may not remember the day, but do you remember the where? Do you remember the where? Do you remember the what? What about life since then? What about life since then? See, the Bible describes salvation as a life, not as an event. Oh, yes, it is a life that begins with an event, but your assurance does not come from remembering that event. The evidence and the assurance of your salvation comes from the life lived as a result of that experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it is an event that affects your life. We sing about it today. uh, um, What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Notice the songwriter didn't say the date. He just said since Jesus came into my heart. And so uh, the Bible teaches that Salvation is a life, His life in you. As a matter of fact, if you're, I'm going to give you some, some text of Scripture to study at the end of the message uh, about that will help you with your, your problem with assurance and uh, give you a solution. Uh, but I want to tell you, not a one of them is going to say, Remember the day, remember when you prayed to receive Christ, remember that. No, it all. every bit of it talks about the life lived since then. So the date problem, just get that out of your mind. You might ask your mama or your grandma if you don't remember the date. Call the church where you, where you made your profession of faith, were baptized, and ask them for the records If it's a Baptist church, I guarantee you they got records because we don't let anybody go. (laughs) All right? And so a date issue. Another is, um, and and I kind of put this in the the middle. It may not be on the um, screen, but it may be that assurance is not deserved. It may be that assurance is not deserved. You really aren't saved. It is the Holy Spirit graciously withholding assurance from you. And you need that discernment. Some even have a false assurance. They have gained this false assurance because they heard something. Or they think something. Or most dangerous of all, they have a cultural approach to Christianity. They think Christianity runs in the family. I've literally had people tell me, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I was born in America. That's quickly becoming not a very good defense, is it? But, uh, you know, something you, you, you've been taught, and uh, their church, their family, their spiritual leader, who or whatever is affirming something that's not biblically sound, and they cannot discern biblical salvation because they do not know the truth of God. But God is gracious to stir your heart with a lack of assurance, even if He does it from time to time like this morning. And so assurance flees from us because we have a date issue. Well, we covered that. That Assurance flees from us because we... Do not deserve it. We're not really saved. And this whole sermon is going to help you deal with that. Another reason that you might lack assurance is you are saved, but you're in disobedience. There's unconfessed sin in your life. It might be 30 years old. It might be three hours old. It might be three minutes old. But there's unconfessed sin in your life. And you have not yielded to the Holy Spirit's guidance and conviction. And, and the fellowship you have with the Lord is, is blown away because you, you have unconfessed sin in your life. And you need to confess that sin and ask God to forgive you and fill you with His Holy Spirit again and, and uh, have that fellowship restored. You have a relationship with Him, but it's cold. How many of you have ever had a... You and your wife or your spouse, you just, you just weren't talking. <laughs> the silent treatment or something like that. And you just feel it in the air. Not me. I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, I want to tell you, you can have that with the Lord where there's unconfessed sin in your life. And you know what you need to do. But here's another reason many people doubt their sal- uh, doubt their salvation. They lack assurance is doctrine. They got doctrinal problems. And you're listening. If you're listening to anything... You're listening to unsound doctrine. Doctrine means the teaching, a teaching. And you're listening to something that is contrary to the Word of God. Whoever you're listening to may open the Bible and read from it, but they can still be doctrinally unsound. They're not applying it correctly or not exegeting it correctly. Let me give you a few doctrinal problems that people have where they doubt their salvation. and They never will gain assurance as long as they hold to these doctrinal problems there's some who will tell you you can lose your salvation that that way you can lose it so therefore you never really have that assurance can i clear that up right now let me clear it up for you here it is this is a rule of thumb you ready if you have salvation and can lose it or it be forfeited it has been and you're not saved anymore. I promise you. It has been. You say, well, preacher, I don't know about that, but I do worry about losing it. Worry's a sin. You just lost it. Amen? You just lost it. If you could lose it, you have. If I could lose it, I have. I promise you. But. If salvation is determined and maintained by the work of the Lord Jesus, His promises, His power, His provision, then you cannot lose it. And so a lot of people don't have assurance of salvation because they think they've lost it. Or think you can lose it. Another issue uh, um, is, is that assurance is impossible to have on earth. You cannot have it on earth. There's people in our town who believe this. I know some who preach this, and uh, this is a major heresy today, and it's usually based upon some perception, a denomination's perception or what have you, that salvation is based upon some merit of the sinner who comes for salvation. Salvation or that it's a mix between what God does and what you do. Now we're we're talking about the assurance of salvation, but if you think if you get how you receive salvation wrong, you'll never have assurance either. Something you do saves you. Something that the church does for you or to you saves you. Something that some guru declares. You cannot really know with sincerity of your salvation until you stand before God so you lack assurance. Well, I want to tell you what old Paul said. Paul said in Philippians 1.6, he said, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So you can know. Boy, that wouldn't be any way to live. What kind of God would play a joke on us like that? Some, you might have some corrupt position on sin or some corrupt position on the Savior or even on salvation itself or on sanctification like we preached last week. Some corrupt understanding of the Holy Spirit that's just not biblically sound, not doctrinally sound and, and much many more issues. And those issues are causing you to not really have the assurance of your salvation. You can't be persuaded... With wrong beliefs. Years ago when I was in uh, college, I have a buddy, a college buddy and I were riding around. His name was Wayne Whiteside. Wayne was Missy's father's pastor in that small world. Wayne was quite a character. When I moved from Texas to Louisiana in 1989, he started a rumor that I had to leave Texas because I was stealing hogs and a little piglet squealed on me. That's just Wayne Whiteside. But Wayne Whiteside was a wonderful friend and still is. And him and I were riding down a road in Marshall, Texas one day in in an older part of town, a neighborhood. And we passed a house and there was a gentleman sitting on the front porch of this house. And both of us seemed to have this unction from the Holy Spirit all at the same time. To stop and go talk to that man about his soul didn't know who he was and never seen him before and so we pulled over and um, if I told you this before bear with me but we got on the front porch and found out his name was Clarence and he was sitting there on the front porch and we sat down with him and we asked him about his salvation Clarence if you died today are you 100% certain you'd go to heaven I don't know So, Clarence, you don't know whether or not you're saved? You ever heard of what it means to be saved? Oh, yeah. I know how to be saved. And I said, well, are you saved? He says, probably not. And I said, well, why not? Why don't you know? He said, because my pastor told me that since I can't read, there's no way I can be saved. Now, I want to tell you, I got mad. I'd love to go to that pastor. And say, Brother, um, what if you go to China and don't have any English books? You can't read over there. What you going to do? Right? And so I said, Well, Clarence, we're going to read to you. We'll read for you. And we'll read to you. And we read the Roman road of salvation. And old Clarence We assured him that he can be saved because of what Jesus has done and because of what Jesus has written. And he was gloriously saved on that front porch. I imagine old Clarence with the Lord right now. But I want to tell you what happened. His wife came out. And uh, one of us introduced ourselves and said, your husband, Clarence, just surrendered to Christ and got saved. And I said, he told us what the pastor said. And I said, ma'am, I... I think y'all need to find another church. And um, she said, yeah, we might want to. And she goes, but Clarence got saved. I said, he just got saved. And she started dancing on the front porch. And I, I mean, really, she started cutting a jig. I mean, it was wonderful. Well, I, I walked off front porch and left. Today, I'd have got up there and danced with her. But I want to tell you, uh, folks, there's all kinds of crazy stuff out there about salvation, isn't it? No wonder people lack assurance. They don't know what the Bible teaches. Some lack assurance because they don't understand forgiveness. They really don't understand and think that God has really forgiven them. And they haven't grasped the fact. One good thing about that is they know the the grievousness of their sin. They know how terrible their sin is. But for some reason, they just don't grasp how great is the grace of God. And they just need to get a more fuller view of the picture of God and His forgiveness. But before we move on, I want to highlight something very important that you need to realize in terms of assurance. In terms of these things I've just talked about, the sources of lack of assurance, you've got to keep into focus real biblical preaching. If you come to a Bible-preaching church, I want to tell you what's going to happen. If you lack assurance, more than likely that lack of assurance is going to be exasperated. Because if you are in a Bible-preaching church that preaches expositionally through the Word of God, verse by verse through the Bible, you're always going to be dealing with subjects like the holiness of God and the justice of God. And the wrath of God. And you're going to deal with the love of God and the grace of God. You're going to get the whole picture of God. And a Bible preaching church, what happens is the lack of assurance sometimes is exasperated because of these things. And it causes anxiety in those who lack assurance. And I will tell you, friend, that is the work of the Word of God. The, the Bible preaching... Bible preaching always does one of two things to an individual who listens to it. It either affirms them or it causes anxiety. That is not the goal of the preacher. The goal of the preacher should always be to expound the text as it is written. And the effect of the Word of God may be affirmation, conviction, anxiety. And it will bring about repentance, it will bring about redemption, it will bring about revival, it will bring about reaffirmation. But when you are lacking assurance, if you're in a Bible-preaching church, that assurance, that lack of assurance may be exasperated. You may walk away sometimes exasperated and discouraged. Because your lack of assurance was not dealt with. Rather, it was exasperated. But I want to tell you, if you do the two things that Peter tells us to do in this text, you will be affirmed. You will be affirmed. And so what is the source of assurance? What is the source of assurance? Well, the Word of God tells us in our text. Look at verse 5. And beside this, that's the first thing, and beside this, you've got to know what this is. You see, the source of assurance is whatever this is. And beside this can easily be translated for this reason. And next week we're going to get into what he tells us to do in terms of uh, adding these things to your faith. We'll get to that next week. But for now, we got to focus on these three little words for this reason. And beside this, what is this? Well, we got to back up. Back up to verse 3. The this is his divine power. Look at verse 3. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. One source of assurance is His divine power. And just trusting God and His Word about what He says about His divine power. It is the source for assurance. Notice the results of His divine power. First of all, you read it in the text. He has given us all things that pertain to godliness. God says, I have given you everything you need to be godly. Everything you need. How dare you think yourself without all you need? Because God says, I've given it to you. Not on that. He has promised us with great and precious promises. He keeps His word. He promises. He has made us partakers of the divine nature. And He has delivered us from the corruption of the world and its lust. Are you delivered from the corruption of the world through lust? If you're saved, you are. Or is that what you live by? The world and your own lust, your own desires. God says when he saves you, he delivers you from that by his divine power. And so the first source of assurance is his work in you, his work of giving you all things that pertain to godliness, his work of promising you all the great promises of God, his work of making you, giving you, making you a partaker of the nature of Uh, the divine nature, and delivering you from the corruption of the world through lust. His work in you. We spent a whole lot of time on this last week. That's the first source of assurance. But the second source of assurance is the second thing, giving all diligence. His divine power and you giving all diligence. You won't have assurance just because you're saved. Let me say that again. You will not have assurance just because you are saved. It is not automatic. There is something for you to do. Now, mind you, we're not talking about becoming a Christian. We're talking about the assurance that you are a Christian. To become a Christian is what God does. But to have assurance that you are a Christian is what God does and what you do. He has divine power, and you have to have diligence. You have to give diligence. There's something for you to do. Now, the word diligence means to hasten. You need to hurry up and do this. And it means to exert yourself. You have to get out there and put your heart into it. There's some work you need to do. And then, not only that, but it means to endeavor and labor and study. All of those things are combined in that one word, diligence. I will say this, and I'm going to say this as a shepherd. I'm not here to rebuke anybody. I'm not here to get on to you. All right? I'm here. This is a purely pastoral statement as a pastor. If you lack assurance and you have been attending a Bible-preaching church that preaches God's Word as we do here, And teaches God's word here. I want to tell you this. It may not be that you have a doctrinal problem. It might be you have a diligence problem. There's some things you need to do. And we're going to talk about a lot of them next week. But I want to highlight just a couple of them today. There's some things you need to do to gain assurance. It happens all the time. People will come to me and they they say, I I have a struggle with doubting my salvation. They want me to say some magic words. They want me to give them a biblical formula. And if I do, they walk away satisfied for about three days. And then life happens again. And they come back. There's some work that you have to do. You have to do it. Let me give you three things you need to do. Get diligent, be diligent, and stay diligent. Say them with me. Get diligent, be diligent, and stay diligent. So what what, what, what do we need to be diligent in? Well, um, twice in our text, he tells us about diligence. He tells us, um, verse 5, Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. And then down to verse 10, he says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Well, we only have time for just a couple of things. Let me give you two things that you need to get diligent in, and then you will be diligent in it, and you will stay diligent. If you stop being diligent, you won't be diligent, and you'll have to get diligent again, all right? So get diligent, be diligent, and stay diligent, number one, in prayer. In prayer. Ask God to help you. Ask God to open your eyes to all He has given you that pertains to godliness. Ask God to give you confidence in His promises that are precious. Ask God to show you the fruit of being a partaker of His divine nature. Ask God. To show you and give you strength in that he has delivered you from corruption of the world and its lust. Become someone who prays. Develop a prayer life. Start asking God to help you. No wonder you don't know if God saved you or not. You never talk to him. Huh? You don't talk to him. You got to talk to him. Amen? Huh? You got to talk to him develop a prayer life. Start praying. Get up earlier if you have to get up earlier. Go to bed later if you have to go up later. If you have a hard time concentrating, get up and walk around and speak out loud. But talk to the Lord and ask Him for help. Just be honest with Him. God, I don't know if you saved me or not. I've got to have, I I need your help. That's a must. But there's another must. Now you can't You can't just do halfway on this, okay? You just can't say, well, I'm just going to pray and see what happens. No, no, you're never going to make it. All right? You've got to also, you've got to also learn the Word of God. You've got to become a student of the Word of God. Now, you say, well, Preacher, there's a whole bunch of other stuff he tells you to do, and you've just given us these two. Well, isn't next week we're going to be in the Word of God? This is where it starts. You'll never be able to do what Peter talks about adding to your faith without prayer in the Word of God. And so this is the foundation. And here is the Word of God. Now, 2 Peter is written to teach us how to bear his truth Carry his truth faithfully during trying times, to not compromise his truth. And folks, it's coming. It's coming. The opportunity and the temptation to to forfeit his truth and compromise his truth is coming to our culture. It's already here in a lot of places, but it's coming. It won't be long, and we're going to be called despicable words because of our stand for the truth of God. I personally hope and pray I will be faithful to God's truth in that regardless of the cause. But it's coming. But in order to be true, you have to have the assurance of salvation. And all through this book, assurance is a key theme in 2 Peter. So I would say to you, go through 2 Peter. Come hear these messages and listen to them again. We record them. They're on YouTube. They're on our website. Listen to them. And study 2 Peter at home. Read it at home. Look ahead. Read it all the way through and keep studying it as we study it together. But also you'll notice as you do that, that 2 Peter has an interesting word in it that that deals with assurance, and that's the word know, K-N-O-W. It is all throughout... Sixteen different times in five different forms in those three, three chapters. And you'll see the 16 uses of the concept of knowing in 2 Peter. See, assurance is vital to bearing testimony and standing for truth. Isn't it interesting that the man who denied Jesus three times would be the one to come back around 30 years later and tell us, folks, you got to know that you know that you know. Huh? And so let me give you some other text of Scripture. Write these down. If you struggle with assurance, write these down. If you don't struggle with assurance, write these down so you can help somebody else. You need to study 2 Peter, and you need to read it and listen to it preached. Colossians chapter 2 talks about full assurance. You need to study Colossians chapter 2. You need to consider 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. It talks about much assurance. Not just a little bit, but a whole lot of it. Isn't that wonderful? That's what God gives us. You need to study Hebrews 6. That talks about full assurance of hope. You need to study Hebrews 10. That talks about full assurance of faith. And then you need to spend time, a lot of time, in 1 John. And that's knowing assurance. That's knowing assurance. And so those are just some texts. That's just scratching the surface. When you get through with those, then launch out in the entire New Testament. But I want to tell you, these things will give you assurance. Now, how long do you need to do that? Until God drops the atomic bomb... On your lack of assurance. And it's over. It might be three years. It might be three months. If you study diligently, you're not going to get all through this in three months. But you need to devote yourself to these texts. You need to deal with your assurance issue. Or you'll never grow beyond it. I'm trying to help you. I'm not rebuking you. I've been there. I've been there. When I was a younger pastor, I would tell people wrong. They would come to me with assurance. I'd say, well, don't you remember the day you were saved? And then it dawned on me one day, the New Testament, Paul never addressed lack of assurance. Peter doesn't do it that way. They talk about the present work of the Lord and the quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword word that penetrates the heart and affects it forever. That's what they talked about, to gain assurance. And so you do it till God breaks through. You Stick with it till God breaks through. It, quit reading anything else. Start with these. Put away the novels. Turn off Laura Ingram. All right? And Sean Hannity. Get up early. Daily. Spend time in these chapters and in these books of the Bible till you get your assurance down. Amen? That's what you got to do. It's the number one problem. You're not alone, but your solution is found in the Word of God. And you ask God to help you. He can help you understand this book because He's the one who wrote it. How many authors do you know? He can help you. He wrote it. And He will because He wants you to have assurance. He does. Well, let's stand for our song of appeal. As you stand and Jay comes forward, we're going to talk to the Lord. I have really been excited about these three sermons beginning today because I found them to be so helpful, and I hope they help you in your assurance and your struggle for assurance. And so I want to encourage you to be present. Father in heaven, we are so grateful that you do not leave us in doubt. You tell us exactly what we must do to have assurance. Abounding, abundant assurance that is blessed as we sing about today. Help us, Lord. I pray we do not lapse into doctrinal problems, that we would have the discernment to know what is biblical and what is not. I pray that we would not have a diligence problem, Lord, that we would not be uh, in lethargy or lazy with our faith and not be settled with it and content, but we would press on. And I pray for the soul today that lacks assurance, Peter himself called these wonderful people beloved, and he called them brethren. And Lord, he had more confidence in their salvation than they did. But I pray, Lord, as he told them to be diligent, that those who lack assurance in this room and listening to our broadcast, they would be diligent to be in the scriptures, to be in prayer until the battle's won. And they have the confidence that is forever. That'll take them on to the grave. And I pray you'd help them. Lord, for the one who has a false assurance, Lord, who is lost, and I pray you'd convict them of their sin, Lord. And you would show them in their heart that you're not there. And you'd call them unto yourself in salvation. Any decision needs to be made today, Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit would motivate people and encourage people to make it. We trust you with their souls and their decision. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Cole Andrews, the family minister here at First Baptist Church, Ocean Springs. I want to take a moment to say thank you for tuning into our podcasts and sermons today. We surely hope you have been blessed by the Word of God. I'd like to encourage you to visit our website, fbcosms.com, to learn more about our church We sure would love to see you in church on Sunday. May God bless you.